How good is semi-final football? Guys, we're back at it. And I think our heads are still spinning from week one of the semi-finals. That was absolutely brutal. Um, Am I disappointed the Knights weren't part of it? Um, Sure. But to be honest, I think there's just... There is levels to this thing that we love in terms of rugby league, and that was uh, never more evident uh, than watching football last week. Some incredible performances. Uh, But anyway, let's dive into a little bit of a pre-show chat, my favorite time of the week. And looking at the sheet here, it says, you know, let's give a little bit more insight into who we are and what we're about to our beloved listeners, something people don't know about you. Dana, kick us off. Um, So if anyone's ever seen photos of me, I'm kind of covered with tattoos kind of all over myself. Um, but I got my first tattoos three days after I turned 18. Um, I got some script on the side of my ribs, which is supposed to be the most painful spot you can get a tattoo. Um, I dropped my phone three times falling asleep. So to say I have a high pay tolerance is um, an understatement. <laughs> that is pretty incredible. I'm going to come back to, to why in a second. And also loving the face tattoo of the Melbourne Storm. I think that's just the lightning bolt, a little bit extra, but we love it here at Mojo Sports. It's a mix of Harry Potter and uh, Melbourne Storm. Because what about yourself? Something uh, people may not know about you. I actually have no tattoos, um, but my little tidbit was I grew up on a dairy farm with um, Ayrshire dairy cows and I was a dairy maid at the Eckhoff where I had to parade around with a ribbon and um, the cows followed me out on the grand parade. So, yes, that is a a memory that not many people know. (laughs) Now, I promise we haven't set this up. We haven't spoken about it off air, but, Dana, I too got my first tattoo as script on my ribs. Uh, And I would like to say that I was as brave as you uh, falling asleep. Was it three times? But I absolutely, I thought I was the bravest. I thought I was sitting there. I thought I was rock solid. I thought I was absolutely perfectly still. But the tattooist had to sort of pull me aside and say, look, we we need to stop. You know, you need to be still. Anyway, it was a little bit of an ego check for a very young. uh, Yeah, but hey, those ribs. Yeah, do not, do not recommend it. Although Dana's obviously got a different pain uh, tolerance to me. And cause... This is unbelievable. I ran a cattle business uh, for about a decade, and I too uh, was a little farmer, little farmer Joe, uh, with my little boots and my little hat. And uh, um, I say little because you know I'm still only five foot seven, but I tell you what, I was tiny back there. Um, yeah, same thing, doing the shows, getting around the local tracks, doing that. So um, yeah, I'm sure we've got some stories that we can share as well. But here, there we go, a little bit of interconnected storytelling there from your NRL show uh, panelists. So what I'm hearing is that cowboy hat you had last week was in fact not your son's, but yours from when you were your son's age. Yeah, well, that, 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 yeah, that's right. I, I think I had a bit of a collection as well. So there we go, riding right cowboys. Hey, we'll, we'll touch on the cowboys a little bit later as well. But no time to waste. It's time to talk more semifinals football. Let's kick off the show. You'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NRL Show Season 2, Episode 59. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got Dana and Coz. And we are so excited to be talking all things rugby league. Uh, we say it most weeks, the business end of the season, but we absolutely mean that to be true this week as we see, well, you know, elimination finals, an opportunity to progress um, to, to that third week and, you know, obviously give yourself an opportunity to fight your way into a grand final. There is so much on the line. You know, this is everything that you've been preparing for as a player, um, all of those 
pre-season training sessions all the way through the season. This is, um, you know, their moment. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these games, um, yeah, how, how things work this week. But let's dive into our breakdown. Um, each and every week we get to talk about two key feature games and it works perfectly this week with two blockbuster cat clashes here in week two of the finals. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. Cos, <laughs> <laughs> let's dive straight into this. Not everything went to plan there in, in our little soundbite, and that was definitely the case for our first feature game for the Parramatta Reels. Uh, the Parramatta Reels will be at home, Combat Stadium. Um, they'll be at home to the Canberra Raiders. Have I got that right? Canberra, yeah, okay. They're going to be playing in Sydney. That's going to be interesting, given the Parramatta lost, and obviously Canberra um, were able to get the job done. But let's um, stay focused and talk a little bit about the Parramatta Reels. What went wrong for them last week? And then what's your thoughts about this team heading into, you know, this is it. This is going to be a massive clash against Canberra. I think, well, maybe the pressure of everyone on our panel tipping them to win and to make it three in a row. <laughs> so I think they're just coming up against the Panthers team that we, we knew that, you know, they could be and they were just, just too good. They they weren't able to, you know, to do what they, they did in the, la- the last times that they met them and, and shut down, you know, the key playmakers, um, you know, with Cleary there was... It was always it was almost boring to watch just to see like the Panthers just do what the Panthers do. So I think I don't know the the Eels and but to be fair though they were playing quite well to start, but the head knock to Mitchell Moses I think as soon as he came off you could really tell that that affected the team. Um, so I don't know see if he's back again and because he's such a key to to their performance as well. It's I'm I'm trying to be um, balanced in this because I'm trying not to overreact, but it's just you know looking back on it now, I'm kicking myself that I that I made that prediction because this was predictable. You know, we knew that you know let's not assess the Parramatta Reels until week one of the finals. You know, this was where you know we get it. They make the finals, the top four each and every year. They built this team over a large number of years, but it's really you know what are they going to be when they get to the finals? Dana, I, I was I was really disappointed in the Parramatta Reels, mostly because of some of the fundamentals. I felt like they 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 felt a little bit intimidated. I don't know how else to put it. I felt like there just wasn't that belief that the Parramatta Reels were the better football team on that football field, and nothing was going to stop them from winning that football game. I, I felt like Penrith were in their heads, and then things just quickly unraveled. There were so many unforced errors, and. You know, we'll obviously give um, Penrith a little bit of praise later. I thought they were they were perfect as they are each and every week. But I don't know, Dan. I I, I felt like Para beat themselves. What, what's your thoughts? I, you know, Brad Arthur. He's not going to be happy. I'm sure he's going to be doing a lot of coaching this week. I mean, Dan, you just said it yourself. I think the the thing is is that not so much that Penrith were in Para's heads, but I think Parramatta were just in their own heads, and they overthought it, but they kind of also probably went into it with this, well, we beat them twice during the year, so we can definitely do it again. But I think that people underestimate what happens when Penrith have a week off. And it's like, it's not just, oh, they've had a week off because everyone's out of origin. It's like they've rested their best players. They've gone hard at training because they have a point to prove because they have a title to defend. But, I mean, I wouldn't count out Parramatta quite yet because – 
you know, we watched Penrith lose their first round of finals then come back and win it last year. So I think if they put their heads down, they're really heads to the ground and kick it at training, like they've got a chance. But the thing is, is Raiders need to not make mistakes um, or pay the ref. So, <laughs> Well, let's hang on. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to the Raiders in a second because that's a great point about para um, that, that Dana made that. And, and, and I agree. It, it really isn't panic stations because th- there's not huge fundamental flaws with this football team. It was just a situation where everything that could go wrong kind of did at the same sort of time. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of that you can adjust, you can improve. And I, I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on this, Cos? I, I really feel like Parramatta, they're, they're, they're going to turn this around. They're going to be a lot more methodical. I think the Canberra Raiders are going to be coming up against a very different team uh, in Parramatta this week. I think that was hard to talk about the Eels out talking about the Raiders. I, I think... The Raiders have nothing to lose, so I, I'm leaning towards them because Parramatta have pressure on them because they're expected to win and they didn't perform as, like everyone has said, they didn't perform as well as they could last week. And, yeah, like I said, everything did that could go wrong did go wrong, but they'll have to turn that around and they have so much expectation on them, um, Just not just from their fans who, just, who are willing them to win, but just, I don't know, just... Sydney media, they want they want the Eels there. I, I, uh, it will be how they handle that pressure and how those players handle that pressure. In saying that, they have a lot of good players and they can they do like they've shown they can beat the best team in the competition. They just have to make it work and click on the day. You know, some positives down. You know, obviously we with Parramatta heading into this one because they will be favourites um, heading into this match. I thought Mitchell Moses' kicking game; it's looking pretty spectacular. I mean, he has got, and and I and I felt like we first saw this level of maturity from Mitchell uh, during his State of Origin appearance. Um, you know, you just sort of started to see him level up a little bit, and I think we've seen that this year. So, you know, obviously, fingers crossed, he can pass his HIA and be certainly um, be a part of this one, but. You know, you can't underestimate the value of having, you know, a halfback there that can really control the contest and, you know, just be patient. You know, I feel like Parramatta, you know, if they just settle into the contest, we'll get into a few teams that certainly didn't settle into contests, but if Parramatta can settle into this contest quite early, get into their structures, um, you know, I think that'll put them in a really good position. The other thing with Parramatta, they've got to start taking their opportunities. One of the things that Penrith Panthers do, if you give them... You know, basically, if they get over there, the halfway line and, you know, they've got a few tackles up their sleeve, they're going to they're gonna ice it. They're going to take those opportunities. Parramatta, they, they just, yeah, they, they obviously this is this is it. You know, they're, they're, they're going to have very few opportunities against a very committed Canberra Raiders side. They have to ice them. Uh, this is a really big game. Big games for Gutherson. We've spoken about him as well. He's really going to have to step up and get a few tries. But, yeah, this is this is a big one for the Eels. I think the other thing we have to keep in mind is, I don't know if it was me or one, one of us mentioned last week, is that Parramatta had to go into this game and, and play 100% and not make any mistakes. Like they beat Storm in the last round of the competition, but it was Storm at the moment. Obviously, everyone knows that they're not the strongest comp, like team out there. So they were allowed to make mistakes, get away with it and win. The thing is, is anyone, anybody going up against Penrith, you cannot make a single mistake and expect to win because the second they get one try or two tries there in front, they're gone because that momentum follows them. 
And with a 67% completion rate, it was just never going to happen. That's, so that's, that, that's just, a great, that's a great point. And I, and I, and I love those stats because you're not going to win a regular season game. And in the finals, it's just at another level, you know, you drop one ball and, and it's all over cause we want to wind up and give Dana a crack at the Raiders in a second. But before she does, let's have a bit of a go. Uh, first off cause they're the one team I don't want to play. I do not want to be going against the Canberra Raiders. They are, they, they, you said it. They're a bit of a fairy tale story. Obviously, you know they have um, nothing to lose, nothing to fear, and I actually like this matchup for them because when you think about the absolute strength of the Parramatta Eels, that's Junior Bolo, that's RCG. They bash, they bully teams. They're not going to be able to bully the Canberra Raiders. Joseph Tarpane is probably the the number one uh, forward in the game. You've got Papa Lee who obviously always steps up in these big games. Uh, Hudson Young is playing out of his mind at the moment. I don't know. I, I feel like the Raiders can kind of counter a lot of the things that Parramatta do really well. I think, yeah, like I said, um, Ricky said it because they've got nothing to lose. No one expects them to win, so they can go in and they can play, not carefree, but they have, they don't have the same pressure on them, even though it's a finals. They finished eighth. They're lucky to be there. They know that they beat the Storm playing really upbeat, great football. Their forwards are on fire. So Tapane was, you know, the, the form forward for the first half and then Papali went, yeah, I'm the old dog and I can do, I can match it with the young gun. And he was outstanding in the second half as well. And then just across the, across the park, they played so well. Sorry, Dana. But um, but I think, yeah, the, the forward pack battle will be a very interesting one if, you know, if the Raiders do play with that sort of carefree attitude and just in their face with the Eels. I think I, I, an upset on the cards, like no team or no, only two teams have won from outside the eight, the um, premiership. But I think the you know, Raiders bandwagon get on it. Yeah, let's let's see how they go. And they're <laughs> probably watching that Roosters Rabbitohs game, thinking that's what we need to do. We need to come in with just that level bash. of aggression and just bash and crash and really take the Parramatta. Dana, we've obviously spoken about the positives, but it wasn't all positives. You had front and center um, seats there for the you know the game against the Melbourne Storm. There was some ugly parts of the Raiders game. Um, talk to us a little bit about that because yeah, it, it certainly wasn't pretty. That's kind of not the Raiders' style of football, but. Yeah, there's, you know, it it was a little bit clunky at times. Some of their key players, probably not in career best form. But yeah, you know, we're we're talking up the forward pack, but there's there there are some weaknesses within within that team for sure. I mean, obviously, I'm quite biased because I do go for Melbourne Storm, but I can also admit, and I have on this podcast, I've admitted when we play like shit and we deserve to lose. I will die on that hill. I'm like, I'm the first to go, we played like shit, didn't deserve to win. Even the, there's a couple of games we won during the year that I was like, we didn't deserve to win that. The only reason we won is because we were playing a bottom 18. But when I tell you that this game was decided by the refs, I'm not <laughs> fucking kidding. Because off the bat, when I looked into this on Tuesday last week, I think it was just after we recorded, I looked into it, it was announced, team lineup, all good. Grant Aiken was on-field ref. Ashley Klein was in the bunker. I sent my dad a text message, went, we've lost. He's like, yeah, I know. So <laughs> the thing is, is off the bat, like there's a reason Ashley Klein was dropped from refing Storm games for two years. There's a reason why we always have to fight and fight and fight to get anything. But what pisses me off so much, and regardless of those two humans, and it's across every game at this point, is the inconsistency of the calls that are made during NRL at the moment. And honestly, it's a fucking joke because you can't call an uncontested ball 
against Harry Grant so the Raiders get the ball, but then when the exact same thing happens to Cam Munster 40 minutes later in the second half, say that it's, no, nah, it's fine, it's a knock-on. It's like, a, you, if I got call to. it once, call it the whole game. Don't just call it because it, it goes in the Raiders' favour because on the back of those calls, they got tries, which decided the game, yeah, whereas it's, we it's, never got that opportunity. So I have nothing good to say about the Raiders except Fogarty can kick, <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. that's it. No, I, I, I'm, I'm the biggest, uh, you know, ref apologist uh, in the game for sure. But, you know, one, one of the things that I, I just like to see is um, games not decided by referees. So obviously, you know, within reason, if we can just pull it back a little bit, um, stop sending every Tom Dickinary in the sin bin, I think would be a good start as well. But we'll get to that a little bit later as well. But there we go. Parramatta Reels coming up against Canberra Raiders. Uh, Raiders travelling. No one's giving them a chance. This is this is exactly what Ricky Stewart absolutely loves. This is why he coaches the game. Um, it is just unbelievably into his sweet spot uh, for sure. All right, well, let, let's give our quick predictions. Dana, judging by the, the hatred that's spilling over there between the rivalry between the Storm Raiders, you're going to go para here, right? Yeah. I don't know why. I just like the hatred's there, but it's at the moment the fuel has been added to the Raiders' fire. So, yeah, 100% Paramount is going to... Cost. Murder them. I'm gonna I'm going like fifty to three. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. Cos. I'm gonna go Raiders and I'm gonna give a bit of love to Jamal Fogarty as well because that you know, in saying, you know, Dana, I do understand the frustration with the ref, but you can't let a man that small carry three forwards over the line and score a try. <laughs> he, so I, I think he's been he's been playing well and I think he was sort of a missing piece for the Raiders and uh yeah, I, I don't know. I'm on the fairy tale bandwagon for the Raiders if Cowboys can't be there. I tell you what, so I've played my hand. The, the Titans miss him, uh, that's for sure. Uh, look, I'm going to go the Parramatta Reels uh, only because I feel like Jack Whiten's been a little bit quiet um, compared to his, you know, daily M type standards that we've seen previously. You know, if if the Raiders win this game, it is because Jack Whiten is by far the best player on the on the football field. He is just in everything. He scored multiple tries and he's just on another planet. I just don't quite think we've seen that from him. And, you know, there's going to need to be that one player that steps up because Parramatta, they're going to come out absolutely firing and I think they can get the job done here. Uh, Canberra Raiders are going to be underdogs. They're going to bash Hudson Young. I think, you know, put him down for a try again responsibly. Uh, but I've got Parramatta here unless... Jack Whiten um, can star, but uh, yeah, put me down for the Parramatta Reels. All right, team, well, let's flip it over to, um, hey, it's Sydney, Sydney, Sydney uh, this week for the semifinals. Allianz Stadium, as we see the Cronulla Sharks, who finished the regular season in second position, coming up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who finished in seventh position. Forget that, throw that out the window, because the Rabbitohs are favourites coming into this one after their dramatic UFC-style fight. You know, it's all in the media. Um you know, victory over the Sydney Roosters, an unbelievable rivalry there, and the Sharks obviously getting pipped in Golden Point. Because uh, where do we want to start here? How about we start with the less dramatic uh, team, <laughs> in, in a way, and that is the Cronulla Sharks, who um, I guess in their own right had a, had a little bit of a, a, a dramatic game against the North Queensland Cowboys. How are you feeling about Cronulla after the loss to the Cowboys? Has that dinted your confidence in them, or are, are you still feeling you know pretty good about Cronulla season so far. I think it's funny that we could say that it's less dramatic because that game was outstanding in the back and forth. And I think because of the level of that game and they were just very unlucky to lose in what extra time, the third extra time that they 
period of extra time to lose that. So I still have confidence in the Sharks and I think just seeing some of the reactions of the players after the fact, they are very focused. They, you know, they know they, that was one that they, sh- they could have won that was so close. And when it's players like um, Ronaldo and, and Nico Hines who have been some of the, you know, the stars this year and I think, I don't know, just to lose a classic like that and just be so close to getting that home final and to have it ripped away, they're, they're ready for this challenge. Something that's a little bit underrated with the with Cronulla Sharks is they're a bit of a sloppy team at the moment. They're sort of, you know, giving away penalties, dropping some balls. They're, they're just not quite as tight as what they were at the start of the season. And um, I think it's starting to bite them a little bit. It was an absolute, it was an unbelievable game against North Queensland Cowboys. But in reality, at home, you know, they should have been able to, you know, obviously play a little bit tighter, keep it a little bit closer. Um, you know, there were a few, you know, you know, unfortunate defensive moments as well. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Sharks can come up with. And, you know, again, it, it's Nico Hines football at the moment. So that is not going to say an easy task in terms of shutting him down because he is an out-and-out superstar. But, you know, when you think about the Rabbitohs game plan, you know, we all know it. It's going to be just throw everything you've got at Nico Hines. And if Matt Moylan is able to beat you uh, in this finals game, then so be it. You know, at the end of the game, head to the middle, shake his hand and say, well done. But you're certainly not going to let Nico Hines beat you in this one. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether he can, you know, take it to another level. It's just incredible what, what he's saying. I, I, I honestly think... You know he, he's in the running for the daily M, and he just continues to perform in a beaten in a beaten side. Um, he was incredible last week. So last week we looked at it, and it was Nico Hines versus Valentine Holmes because that's what it was. It was that kicking game was what was going to decide the match. And now you look at this week, and it's the same thing. It's Nico Hines versus Latrell Mitchell, and it's the kicking game that is going to decide it because. If you like getting four points is great, but obviously that six point in final series is what makes the difference. The other comparison, I mean, we say this every week, gamble responsibly. It's dollar ninety five sharks, dollar eighty five bunnies, so it's pretty even at the moment. And they both had eighty percent um, completion rates last year. With, uh, last year, last week, um, it's going to be a tight contest. But I think we've said and we've said it all year that. Cronulla has, is very much up and down and that consistency is not there. Whereas when Latrell's in and the way that they played last week, yes, it was messy and it was aggressive, but it was consistent throughout the whole match. I don't think there was a kind of a point where it wavered. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that can bank up against the bunnies because they're a completely different breed to the Cowboys. It is. This is going to be a very uh, yin and yang, different style of fight. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see how this one plays out. You almost wish that this Cronulla side can actually sort of go back and look at some of its predecessors in terms of previous Sharks outfits, you know, obviously the one that went on and won the premiership. If they can find that edge, that defensive edge, really get into the grind and really bring drag the Rabbitohs into an absolute, um, you know, j- just a slugfest, you know, the, the Cronulla Sharks will be in, a, be in a, a really good position. You know, what 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 is the, you know, what are the punters telling us? You know, you know Cronulla Sharks finishing second in the competition very unlucky to, to, to lose in week one through Golden Point, but, you know, they still remain as outsiders against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, albeit very, very close. So I think it's just, you know, the, people don't believe in Cronulla because they don't have that one Latrell Mitchell. Not that very many 
uh, teams have that, but they don't have that one player that can absolutely explode. And I, I think that's just that little bit of extra shade thrown Nico Hines' way. You know, is he that player that can absolutely put a team on on his back like he's like he's done all year, but in the biggest moment, in the biggest game? Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what he can come up with. All right, there's a little bit of love, a little bit of chat about Cronulla Sharks. Now flip it over to the uh, also dramatic uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs because there was some angry men on the football field last week. I mean, it was it was pretty incredible in that rivalry. Um, smart, you know, it, 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 it's interesting to when, when you try and, you know, reflect on their strategy, but it really threw both sides completely out of rhythm. I'd even go far to say that that neither team got into a rhythm the entire football game, there was so much shit. There was so much squabble. There was so much, um, you know, sort of fighting in that one. Um, what's your thoughts about this game? Do you feel like South settle in a little bit and you see a little bit of a different South Sydney this week? I think so. before last week's game, we spoke about the rivalry and we spoke about Latrell and um, Cody Walker needing to keep their heads because they, uh, they play with a lot of emotion. And the fact is that everyone lost their heads last week figuratively and actually literally with yeah. all of the head highs. Um, but those two were, actually, were able to, to keep, you know, keep on track. They, you know, they, they lifted with, with the crowd. Like that crowd sounded amazing. And the fact that um, I think the Walker couldn't hear or someone couldn't hear the call of six again because yeah. the crowd was so loud. I think it will definitely be a different team that shows up this week. And I, the only the only question mark for the Rabbitohs is can they lift again because you know when they play the Roosters it is another level and even though it is a finals game and they'll know what's at stake I think they can't you cannot have that much emotion and and match that again two weeks in a row or or, can, or if they can well that's fantastic football but I think that's that rivalry and the fact that would have just taken so much out of them physically. And emotionally as well, just um, just being able to to reset and focus on, you know, the sharks. You know, while we said they've been a bit sloppy, they are still a very good team, and they've got a lot of good players in there. They have they have to reset their focus for for this final. I think the other thing to keep in mind as well is, like with roosters versus rabbitos, there is that hatred, and both of those teams are very strong willed and are very hot headed, whereas. Cronulla and the Rabbitohs, they're the exact same. They're both strong-willed and they both have so many hot-headed players that the second one of them gets, and you saw it on the weekend, the second one of them gets riled up, they all get riled up. There was jersey grabbing, there was hands on throats, there was people flying across, running across from one side of the field to the other, getting sin bin because they inserted themselves in a situation they didn't have to be in. And I think that's something like Cosy said that they're going to have to keep an eye on and they're going to have to watch out for because they can't afford to have four more sin bins. And I, I don't even know if they're going to have a squad. I think half of them are on report and they might yeah, be missing games. So right. I think even the- they, they don't. They have to think about these things before testosterone gets over them and their aggression gets in front of them because that's the problem. You have to realise this isn't mid-season. You can't just piss around and, like, get hot-headed and, like, grab someone and get away with it. Like, this is finals footy. If Campbell Graham doesn't play, it's you might lose. Like Latrell was very, very well done over the weekend. He got aggressive, but he got aggressive in the right way. He, you know, he got, he made every kick and, you know, people started booing and he just looked at them and smiled. And it's like he handled it so 
so well compared to previous years and even halfway earlier in the season where he would get booed or he'd get aggressive and it would just kick him off and then he's suspended for five weeks. So that's something that both sides are going to seriously have to focus on. Otherwise, it's going to be World War Three again. Yeah, and, and, and that's the secret, isn't it? It's absolutely getting to the very, very edge because – you have got to be an absolute enforcer. You've got to make sure the opposition fear you and you've got to believe that you are the biggest, baddest motherfucker out there on that football field. But at the same time, you know, your coach doesn't want to get... And, and, and I hate to be the old the old guy uh, on the on the, uh, the lawn yelling at clouds, but, you know, you don't want someone getting sin-binned, you know? It, it is just... You know, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic as a fan. But as a coach, it's just got to it's just got to drive you crazy because you don't want your entire season to come down to some shit play where you get sin bin. I, I think you know that's where you've got to be really controlled with your aggression. Cause um, direct question for you before we get into our predictions: What team is going to be leading at halftime? That's what I'm most interested in, and I think it goes back to your earlier comments around, you know, what team's going to settle in and what's the fatigue situation. The Cronulla Sharks, this week it's all going to be about recovery. That was absolutely brutal. Um, You know, Chad Townsend come out and said, you know, that was one of the most physical games he's ever played in. They're going to be battered. They're going to be bruised. And the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you know, yes, physically, um, but emotionally, I I think they're they're going to be quite drained as well. So, you know, what's your thoughts? Who's leading at halftime in this one? It's a really tough question. I don't because whoever is leading at halftime, that is going to yeah, pretty much. I, I think, think so. I don't know the sharks. I think they they can. They have the skill, and they have like you know they've got decent forwards as well. Like Toby Rudolph in, in form, he's he's one that can sort of bring um, players with him. And they've um, but I don't know the the rabbits. Oh, there were a lot of point scorers, and I also want to give a bit of a shout out to um, Isaiah Tass. He doesn't get much love, mm. but he he's been playing really well. He's been linking well in the little Mackay boy Queenslander, um, but he he's been fantastic in their back line as well. But it's a very tough question. I I don't know. I cannot answer that because yeah, the the, the mental drain versus the physical. I want to say rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> just I, on, on off guess. It's it's going to be tricky. All right, Dana. No sitting on the fence. It it, it you know quite rightly so. You know all the, these teams. Um, you know the Cronulla Sharks, South Sydney Rabbitohs. They deserve to be here. Um, they've done some incredible uh, things throughout the season. But you know I'm saying you know cause causes causes sort of thinking the same. That first forty minutes is going to be crucial. Um, but who gets the job done here? Uh, which team progresses? Where are you going here, Cronulla or South Sydney? As much as I would love to say I have a soft spot for good old Nico Hines and Dale Finucane as ex-Storm boys, I can't get past that bloody blue jersey. So I'm just going to have to go the bunnies. <laughs> yeah, uh, bad juju vibes there as the uh, as the Queenslander. God, I'm feeling a little bit outnumbered uh, here tonight. Uh, look, I'm going to go South Sydney, just way too much X Factor. Um, you know, gamble responsibly, had, had a little bit of something something on the, on the Sydney Roosters last week, um, but didn't feel good about it the whole time because – you know, who could bet against Latrell Mitchell? I mean, this guy, he is out. This is his redemption story. And, uh, you know, if we haven't seen some special things from him already, I think we're going to continue to see that. And, um, you know, that, that's what Cronulla have got to find. They've got to find their Latrell Mitchell. They've got to find their game breaker because I think Latrell is going to tear this game apart and I think he's going to be the difference. 
I mean, we might have just jinxed the rabbits because we've all picked them again, but um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, that's it. And Cos, just to check in, you've got the rabbits to win this one. They let oh, I, I can go. I, I can go sharks. I'll go Nico to cook to actually no, pick the fields off. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> in extra time, in in the first period of extra time. Nico to kick the field goal. No, Why no, not? no, because I hate <laughs> Trinola. Yeah, I hate I hate them more. I, than know, I, I hate the rabbitos. Brains, brain says rabbitos, but just there's a little slither of. Oh they haven't been consistent enough. They have not yeah. been consistent enough all year, and I think, like Dan said, Latrell's got something to prove. Yeah. Like he stood down from rep this year to focus on the rabbitos. You want to back that up by being able to make something out of it. Yeah, but Nico. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's there's no there's no right. It's wrong really tough one. As neutral fans, a- this is this is you know again this is one of the best final series that we've seen in a very long time. Our teams are out of it, but again, we still have so much passion, so much love for the game at the moment because um, you know there's just so many incredible storylines, and we do we you know we've got so much connection to individual players. Um, and uh, yeah, Nico Hines, one of one of the true great players in our game at the moment. Speaking of all of our pl- of our um, teams being out of it. I saw a fun fact before that this is the first time since 2005 Melbourne Storm and the Roosters have not played semis. And I was like, holy shit, we ruined 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and the stat for the Newcastle Knights last time being in the finals is actually not that long ago, but it feels like uh, decades. It? it feels like decades. Yeah, there we go. All right, team, uh, let's dive into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, something to think about is that I feel like the teams that get the week off um, in week one, they largely get forgotten about. Now, it's hard to say that about the Penrith Panthers because, you know, this Penrith Panthers team is pretty serious. We'll talk about them. But, you know, the North Queensland Cowboys, my little prediction is that they're going to go very, very quiet. There's not going to be any sort of chat. And whoever wins these big games, you know, Eels, Raiders or Sharks, Rabbitohs, they're going to be the buzz team heading into next week. Um, But... You know, Panthers, Cowboys, they were incredible. Let's show them a little bit of love. But my question for you in rapid fire, which team impressed you the most out of the two teams that, um, you know, are getting the bye week? Uh, Dana, going to start with you, Penrith or North Queensland? Oh, 100%. It was North Queensland that impressed me the most because, you know, you go into it going, oh, Penrith, they're going to win. They had that week off. They rest all their players. Um which my dad made a point. He was like, that's a bit disrespectful to the Cowboys. Um, But, you know, they got that win. It got them where they needed to be. And I think all year the Cowboys have been underestimated and they've been kind of, oh, yeah, they're doing all right. But, no, they've seriously got their contention. Like, they've got a contention for this title. Um, Can they go all the way? I don't know. But I think just the way they – performed they just they took that 80 minutes by the balls and they ran with it and they just proved exactly why they need to be there and why they finished in the top four yeah god i hate when i agree with you but i'm gonna I'm, I, look i'm gonna have to go to the cows as well because i'm with you the panthers weren't that impressive because that's kind of what i expect i expect them to kind of do that and that's craziness to think that you're five eight and your halfback can just be sitting you know, on the sidelines casually uh, running into finals and then just jump out after, you know, after a month away 
out of football. It's incredible they're able to come in and hit the ground running like that. But, you know, this is a juggernaut and it is going to take a unbelievable, um, you know, performance to be able to unseat them. But, um, yeah, no, look, you know, showing some love to the Cowboys. Look, you know, the, the game was in the balance, obviously. And just looking at the Cowboys team, you're thinking about, well, what player is going to be able to stand up? And I just have so much trust in Chad Townsend. He is so consistent and he's able to handle everything that's thrown his way. I love the way in which he plays, but some other players that really caught my eye, Tommy did, and I thought he was outstanding, he is so dangerous, he's so fast, I think he's very underrated in terms of his running game, Scotty Drinkwater, he really is coming into form as well, and he was the one who kind of set up Tamalolo, Jason Tamalolo, I think, will probably take the Cowboys as far as they're going to go. He really needs to fire up. He needs to take a little bit of that Bondi, Sydney Roosters, South Sydney Rabbitohs venom that we saw on the weekend. If he can apply that to his game, we've got to remember this guy is a scary, scary dude, and he can turn a game on its head, as he's shown on the weekend. So, yeah, look, Cowboys for me. Um, Cos, what about yourself? Um, either way, two impressive performances. They, they're sitting back. They get the week off, puts themselves in a really good position to try and fight for a green final spot. Yeah, well... Cowboys, obviously. I think, yeah, like we mentioned, it is unfair on the Panthers because they just they were just too good and it looked like they did it so effortlessly. There was, you know, Panthers doing Panthers things. They, they're clicking. Their halves were fantastic. Cleary came back and went, looked like he hadn't missed a beat. So that shows their level of skill and probably, you know, to be fair, probably that is impressive, but I just loved the way the Cowboys played, the fact that they just kept coming back. They had their faith. They, you know, their opposition kept matching them and they kept finding another level. And Danny mentioned it there, like, while the Panthers have great players across the park, I think with the Cowboys, they have, you know, Val stood up, Tamalolo stood up, uh, Tommy Dearden stood up. Chad's there helping out, helping everyone out with his experience. I think the fact that they have they can spread spread the load amongst so many players who are having probably the best ever season this year. These young guys that have just needed a little bit of experience and a bit of guidance, and they've got that this year. I think I don't know, and it is the fairy tale. It is the emotional roller coaster. We're riding those cowboys home, and I, I just think that game. Um, the amount of belief that would be in those young guys now from being able to to win that game, I just I just want them to keep building on that, and I want the players to keep you know having that belief in themselves. And players like Tamalola, who is I love him as a player, and I think he just showed what he could do. He just needs to keep on like play like he's playing for Tonga and play like that for the Cowboys, and I think they'll be very hard to to beat. Yeah, that's for sure. And we spoke about hey, let's not bet against Latrell Mitchell. Let's not bet against Toddy Payton. What a coach, you know. He's just got that something about him. I, I think, yeah, it's um, it's a very special uh, season for the Cowboys for many, many reasons. Um, but anyway, we'll get through this week, and then we'll see them roll out the following. Uh, we're getting close to that grand final. It's not too far away now. All right, team, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank my amazing panel each and every week talking all things rugby league, always bringing the heat. Uh, And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. How can you continue to support us? It's simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening.